Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. West Coast Edition Garden Report. John Zanis, Bobby Manning, Sherrod Blakely out in Portland. Jimmy Toscano has a way of just popping into these things. So that's not It is support. happening tonight. He was active in the group chat. He was He's, feeling the game. Jimmy might be coming. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy's gonna surprise Jimmy us. Jimmy is coming. I, I have no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, so uh what you have here? Uh 145, 117. I I, I want some numbers. Uh, when was the last time Celtics scored this much back-to-back games? Oh, I don't think I can do that. But I, I don't can, know it. Uh... I'm I, I'm I'm waiting for somebody smarter than us with you know uh, research capabilities. It's probably not hard to find. Uh, but uh, wow, so what, right? What, what, what was it last game? One thirty, right? One thirty on the dot, right? One thirty-seven, one thirty. Yeah, so I'll pull that up in a minute. Um, but, but it's still an unbelievable shooting night. And again, we we play the make miss league game. It's really nice when you're the one making all the shots versus uh, you know last night watching Utah do what they did. But 56 field goal, 57 three point you know percentage, 26 assists, and again Utah S started in this one, 14 to 15. For, yeah, I, you know it's just stuff was falling it was it was just one of those games uh tatum was in his bag schroeder who knew who knew dennis schroeder was good bobby (laughs) schroeder isn't just good he's awesome and (laughs) he saved this team this season you know what he he pretty much has dennis this is this is the uh you know i i spent some time on twitter arguing with people about this today the dennis schroeder stuff just seemed to get out of hand it's like people are expecting him to be a player like that he's never been in his career, not even taking into account that they got him for nothing. And right now, where would this team be without Dennis Schroeder? They would have some serious problems. Um, oh. He's really saved them a lot, like yeah, in a lot of, of games. You think of where Pritchard went. If you had to rely on Pritchard, imagine, and then, let's say a G League guy or some cast off, you'd be in real trouble at point guard. And, you know, before. Schroeder got mixed in with the starting lineups, the closing lineups. Marcus Smart was really struggling, and I thought that was one of the great things he did was take the pressure offensively off Smart, let him be who he was in 2020 range there uh, when Kemba was rolling and you had Hayward and that kind of stuff. The more I watch this team, I don't think they're the exact same roster, but the feel around this team to me is starting to resemble 2020 a little bit. They, They don't have the talent that that team did. But it's starting to fit together in a very cohesive way. They're playing off each other well. The offense is coming alive. I didn't expect any offense even resembling this this year. So even if it's just a spot thing, the fact that they're capable of this is impressive. And obviously it stems from Tatum 
stems from Schroeder playing at his best. But to get guys like Cantor, uh, Freedom rather, uh, you you have Grant mixing in here. Smart having solid offensive games. Yeah, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go there this early in this conversation because I don't want to make this about that yet. But the one thing they've had a difficult time doing is fitting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together right, right now. Um, that's the, when you talk about cohesion. The one bump in the road they've had when they tried to integrate Jalen back in and when he was playing before, we haven't seen that yet from this team. Um, figuring out the best way to maximize those guys together on the floor. Haven't gotten that, but you have seen great other combos uh, for out of other people. You know, you like smart and Schroeder a lot, obviously smart and Rob, that's their best two man duo uh, on the team, just in terms of net rating. Um, I think they're what eighth in the league. It's a two-man pair. Those guys, they're a top 10 team. Uh, in. They're a top 10 pair in the league. I can't remember exactly where. Um, but yes. Yeah, they so, were up there. Yeah, they're up there. Uh, there are some good combos there. That, and again, I, I don't want to make this about Jalen yet. That's Oddly enough, that's a, an area they're struggling right now. And then what the rotations will be when he comes back. Yeah, and they haven't had a lot of opportunities to look at what the team going to be in those situations i think it's still just six games all year that they've had the full cast i know uh, not not very cohesive when it comes together and that's in that dynamic there and fortunately we did hear from email today that they're going to wait it out with jalen this time so though i wouldn't be stunned if jalen misses this whole west coast trip here to just get that right he's on the trip he's pushing to play like crazy better to just leave him out of the equation for as long as possible because you're playing well without him there's no urgency I know there is on his part for some reason or another, uh, but y- you have something good going here. I don't think there's any rush to integrate Tate Brown. You still have upwards of 60 games left in this season. Uh, there's a good rotation rolling right now that you like with Schroeder closing, Grant mixing in with the starters, uh, Horford playing great when he's out there. So, like, I like what they look like without Brown right now. And that's not to say they're better without Brown to do that kind of thing, but. These guys have had the opportunity to mesh. And you're right. You think of, what are we talking about now with Brown? Uh, Two games on top of eight. So 10 games without Brown with the hamstring plus another uh, with the knee. Uh, So that's 11 games that they've been without Brown season. As many games as they've had him, they've not had him. And they've had a lot of opportunity here to create good, solid rotations without him. And I want to keep rolling. The record's really good. I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, they, they played well in that stretch without him the last time. Now a win and another great offensive performance the game before this in Utah. Uh, something's clicking. I don't know if it's a case of just Brown and Tatum not being able to mesh out there at the same time. Um, like I said, I hate going there because it feels like it's an unnecessary hot take. I'm, it's just an observation. That's the, when you say when you're talking about meshing, that's the one thing I haven't we haven't seen yet. Um you know, as you started mentioning it, but what you have seen is they've unlocked a few things, you know, Marcus smart. Like you look at the evolution of the team in a lot of different ways. And again, I was as happy off off a loss as as I've ever been yesterday, just watching the way they played. And I know people will be like, the defense was atrocious, but like if Celtics play like they played against Utah all season long, they're a four seed, you know, and, and, and you'll be there. I mean, you'll be satisfied with that effort, uh, you know, night in, night out. But you've unlocked a couple of things. Marcus Smart's clearly getting better at this as the season goes on. He had a really rough first few weeks as he was figuring out who he was supposed to be on this team and in this offense. And 
again, since the talking to, since the smart comments, and they mentioned it a bunch on the broadcast. I mean, since that, Smart has played a lot better. The ball, the offense has run through him a lot more. Uh, you know, uh, Tatum has Tatum has gotten better. Brown hasn't really been around for it. Things have improved, but he's gotten better. Uh, Richardson has gotten better. Cantor, who was on mothballs, all of a sudden is useful. You know, Rob is starting to look. I know he's missed some time. This is these few games, even though he didn't have a good box score tonight, he's looking more springy and active, much more like last year's Rob, just in terms of the way he's moving. A lot of things are happening that are good. Um, you just got to get Brown in there. You got to figure out you got to get Brown healthy and you got to figure out what this team's going to be with him in there. Yeah, and I think a good proxy for Brown would be Josh Richardson. I, I wrote about him today. I think he's filled that role well in terms of how you can fit next to Tatum if you're Brown. As things like he did early last season, d- sprinkle in some mid-range there, get downhill, get some closer shots to the basket, and move off the ball. That's the things that he, Brown is going to have to do. We talked a lot about what Tatum And every once in a while to- pass. Maybe pass the yeah. ball every once in a while. Yeah, and <laughs> we talked a lot about what Tatum needs to do to make those two connect. I, just watching Richardson and the way he plays off Tatum, those two have a great dynamic between them, I feel like. It's just a lot of activity by Richardson. He goes and finds the ball. And I, I think I mentioned this on a past show. He said in the training camp, I was like, what's the key to playing off Tatum? What's the key to connecting with him? And he's like, you got to make yourself available. And when you talk about Brown and Tatum, I think that's something we see on film again and again that Brown doesn't necessarily do, even though he's got the skill set to do it. Uh, it's it's almost like it's a wait-for-your-turn dynamic between the two in terms of running the offense. And that probably bleeds into other guys on the offense too right like uh, is everyone else looking around like all right we're waiting for the brown possession we're waiting for the tatum possession there's just not real flow or rhythm or pace to the game off one ball handler off one offensive engine so i, I think this year is starting to show us a lot about that dynamic between those two uh, it's tough right because they're both stars they're both high level scorers they both do it with the ball in their hands it's gonna take sacrifice from one of them and it probably has to be Brown just in terms of where he is this season because he's been less available. Uh, Tatum's the guy out there who's working through struggles and, you know, finding himself finally. You know, good balance on his shot, getting downhill, drawing free throws, passing, four and a half assists the last two games. Well, and two turnovers totally at a zero turnover game last night, two tonight. And that's something that's great uh, that you're seeing from him as well. These are his two, I, I, again, I hate, you know, hyperbole without going back and looking at it, but this is as solid a back-to-back as he's played this year, just in terms of clean games, letting, finding, letting the offense flow through him. You know, all of the shots are good shots, confident shots. They're falling more. There was a game actually even two games ago. I'm going to say this is a three. I mean, even last game, I liked all of the threes he took. They just, I, I, I liked every shot he took. It just didn't fall. Um, which was a and bummer. The three but still not quite there. He was four or six tonight. So he, yeah. yeah, so so he had it. He just went two for eleven yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I like that a lot. It's just getting downhill. What did he have? He had double digit free throws tonight. I think. All right, the Garden Report postgame show, as always, is brought to you by our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline. Just go to BetOnline.ag, use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We've got it all going right now. you got basketball, hockey, NFL yeah. football, NCAA football, horses, MMA, golf. Is there still golf? 
If there isn't, there there's, will be. There's, there's, there's always golf. golf there's always some yeah. kind of golf. Props, live betting, all kinds of weird stuff out outside of the sports realm. Anything you want to, you know, place a bet on. Yep. BetOnline's got it. BetOnline.ag. Code CLNS50, 50% welcome bonus. Go check it out right now. And as always, make sure to gamble responsibly. Yep. Uh, ten and a half the last two games. It just as he ticks up, the offense is ticked up. And you see But the way he plays, he's getting the to the basket, great stuff tonight. Uh, and I know they broke down on a couple. But just the use of his body to either absorb contact or just getting clean to the rim without – foul hunting which is a lot of what we felt like he was doing before he's going with more of our purpose which is like how am i going to get this shot off clean absorb contact if i need to or just avoid it altogether as opposed to before it really felt like he spent half the season first half of the season just hunting fouls every time he went to the basket and would just throw his hands up with no you know you know no real purpose um so he's just much 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 better you know offensively he's got that kind of He's got that little swagger back, you know, he's got that thing where it's like, here I come, you know, it, it, so Tatum, Tatum's the body language, Scout was talking about it. Yeah. It was completely different from the early going here. And yeah. they set a tone early that if we're going to have any gripes out of this game. It's probably Ime, right? Disrupting in the second quarter. There. <laughs> I mean, they yeah, you just... know what though? How many times have we seen it go the other way, right? You get away with a, you get away with the substitution rotation early. You go back to it late. It kills you. And now you've blown the lead and you're entering the fourth quarter. In this case, the bench, let it, let a 21 point lead get down to four or something or two or whatever it was. And then they went back to the bench in the third quarter and they extended that lead. So they did hang in there. Uh, and Rob got himself in foul trouble again, kind of lack of discipline there on his part, knowing he's really the only big, but yeah. And they, that actually helped them against, they Narkic. did well. They did well in those canter minutes. They did well yeah. with that, with that, with that unit in there. So in the third quarter, the, the subs did their job in the, in the second quarter, they didn't. Yeah. And for Tatum, I'm looking at the shot chart again here. Uh, mid-range just a mess in this one and I, I did write about the mid-range shot for BSJ last night in the notebook and like his numbers mid-range this year they're in line with his career average so everything else has fallen down and the mid-range isn't helping him like leaning on that he hasn't done it well his whole career 39 percent um 39 percent again to start this year and he's taking more of them most since that 2019 season he's not quite there as a share of his overall shots i think he was 26 percent for mid-range that year right um taking 22 percent of his shots for mid-range this year but well above probably his low in 2020 i think it was when brad was really pressing that down to go toward exclusively threes and layups um i think we no we talked about the step back last game right does he need the step back we kind of settled on yes does he need the mid-range I know you're a mid-range proponent. He's Again, not I'm not a mid-range it. proponent. I am a good shot proponent. I don't care where it comes from. That's if a good point. That's all I say. If you get to a spot and you're clear and you're open and you got free and that's where you are, shoot it. That's a good shot. You know, like it's not, it's not, it's not mid-range per se. It's just like I said, is the 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 bad thing is contested twos. It's just that the long contested twos are the worst thing. But 
get work to get to your spot wherever your bread and butter is and hit those shots i'm i'm fine with them tatum's problem is they're really long twos and that's where he gets <laughs> oh burned God. i don't know yeah. if you're looking at the shot chart right now but he is miles from the paint on some of these twos and that's where you that's the problem you that's kind of say why not just take a three here if he took a million threes in a game and completely cut out those twos i think it'd be fine you probably my high school coach that. my high school coach would yank you if you took if you took a shot with your with your foot on the three-point line or or just inside it yeah. he's like even then back then he'd be like that's the dumbest shot in basketball before the three-point explosion in sports you know, high school coach would say, get off, do not shoot that shot. It's the worst shot in basketball. You I know? know, and to think this, Kevin Garnett had and age, had been taking that shot over and over again, and a lot of guys did. People loved that shot in the 2000s. Loved now it. it's dead. Tatum's trying to bring it back. I mean, you look at the Utah game, he is like stepping back into those long twos. No real awareness of where the shots are coming from on the floor on yeah. his part, it seems. Just trying to find space for himself. But at the times, you know, shooting right against intense pressure. You saw that against Utah, like right up against two guys contesting them straight up. Why not pass out of those spots? I think that's something he can do to reduce range. It's going to probably reduce his overall shots during the flow of the game. I, I think we were happy about that when he did it against Toronto. Passed up on shots when he didn't have it going and tried to get some other guys going there. Again, this is a real good week for Tatum in terms of finding the sweet spot between creating and scoring. And obviously this team needs a lot of scoring creation from him to get to these totals. You see the engine that they can be when he's himself, uh, even with the limitations that they have offensively as a team. But that's the key. Like, you're not drawing free throws from those mid-range spots or the deep twos, whatever you want to call them. Um, you're not uh, setting up guys to get second chance opportunity from those spots, really, I'd say. Uh, you're not getting guys going downhill unless you're doing some pick and roll in those spots. And you're probably not. Most of this is isolation, right? Just dribbling away against the guy. So, like, this is a good game, but I'm just staring at the shot chart here, and I see the big six red X's across the free throw line there out to the wing and there's just aren't great shots for him right now they've never been we're this many years into his career now the percentage really hasn't changed um when i wrote that bsj article there was an interesting thing matt moore shared that like the more mid-rangers that you take this is across nba history it like taking more doesn't make you better you're either good at it and you got it like you're chris paul you're kevin durant or you're Tatum and you're 39% from there. No matter how many take you, you're always going to be 39% from there. And when you look at his history, that's pretty much it for him. So he'll make himself more efficient, more consistent. I don't think those shots really add much to his game. It's nice to have it in your arsenal. He certainly does. Like he can get those shots off in crunch time at the shot clock. But that's, that's the point, thing, John. Like that, there's 18 on them. the clock when he takes a lot of these. Yeah. That's the problem is again, we've talked about this, a, a player like Tatum doing what he does and being able to be long and have that step back and get off those contested shots is great. When offense breaks down and you hand him the ball with seven seconds on the clock and you're like, get a shot off. A lot of people can't get a shot off. He can. That's a skill. Just simply being able to get a decent shot. Most people cannot. So that's where you use those. That's the only time you use those late in the clock when there's no opportunity to run your offense and work the ball around it's okay we've got to get a shot up here i'm gonna i'm gonna do it 
you, you get the ball early in the clock and you take 10 seconds with it. And then you, you know, you, you, you fire up one of those. That's obviously not what you're looking for, but why do you again, think he does it? Is it again, aesthetic? I just think, is it, is it the contact I, thing in the lane? I don't know. It, it's what you grew up with. He grew up watching Kobe. That's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's much simpler than we make it out to be is you model your game after guy who's setting people up and then pulling up in their face. That's just what you do. And that's what, that's what he's done. Um, just want to remind everybody again, um, Sherrod Blakely in Portland is going to join us in a little bit. Uh, Sherrod, of course, uh, with uh, Bleacher Report and various other outlets. Bobby Manning writing for CLNS Media and Boston Sports Journal. He has articles up on both sites right now, so make sure you check those out. And we'll obviously have something on tonight's game as well as they head to L.A. Plus CLNS Media, we've got uh, full court press in the next few games we've got a, a couple of reporters covering the lakers and the clippers plus Sherrod will be out there as well so we've got a ton more stuff out west from this west coast trip we don't sleep we'll be coming to you uh bringing you uh post -game i can't wait shows. to see nick in the field this yeah. is the comeback post game shows and right exactly Joe Sway will be out there nick will be out there uh, and, uh, and, uh, Sherrod will be out there as well. So, uh, we are fully covered for the next few games. Uh, uh, with what is it? Monday, Tuesday, no Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. You got Tuesday, two days Wednesday. off here. So they'll, they'll probably have a practice in LA. Uh, and then you get the two days off, packs. two days off. Mm -hmm. I got a Patriots game, Bobby. We got Evan Lazar in Buffalo, but we've got, uh, you know, you, but you enjoy the rest. LeBron available. That's a big boost to this week. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix losing their win streak. That would have been cool if you're going. We may up against... head out to Phoenix too, so stay tuned on that. We may, yeah. we may, we may take the road trip all the way to Phoenix. It would have been cool to have history lined up there potentially in a game like that. I don't know what exactly number it would have been, but Golden State took it pretty convincingly. And uh, Chauncey Billups. I mean, things are. I you probably don't want to go the Portland direction yet here, but. Like it is, I know Scal was talking about it on the broadcast and you do watch this team right now and just the GM situation that we hinted at um, last show, things are falling apart there bad. And I think that's probably where you start to reel in the takeaway a little bit from this game on a Celtics perspective. I mean, you faced a dead team here that is just reaching its end as an era, it seems like, and never played good defense to begin with. This was yep. always a good get-right game against a team like this, especially when Cantor was on that side. Uh, you'd love to go at him there. Uh, but, like, they are just out of gas, it seems. We'll see if Lillard gets back, if, if he ever even makes another appearance in that uniform. Like, I think we... I think we're closer than people realize on that. It might be coming to a head, but you, I mean, you need, you need a boss, you know, you need somebody calling shots. That's here, what so they're waiting we'll, for. We'll see what happens here. And I, I just, I don't think a GM comes in. I think it's, I, I know you're saying it's closer than it seems. Typically a, a, a it's general can be dictated by Lillard, right? A general manager doesn't walk through the door and immediately set fire to things. You have to take stock of what you have uh, a, a little bit. So I don't know how fast it's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see what Danny's going to do. Um, <laughs> no Danny announcement today. I guess we'll see be tomorrow. We'll I was Celtics hoping. Out of town. I was hoping. A uh, couple things we did want to talk about because people um, were, uh, you know, excited to see it. Um, I hate, you know, I don't want to pour cold water all over it. Um, but, you know, Neesmith is still a freaking basket case out there. And he's still totally lost. And he just runs into people all the time and he's out of position a ton, but that's fine. 
if he can come in and knock down some shots. So it's nice to see some confidence, uh, you know, gain some confidence by just seeing the ball go down a little bit for him. That's all you want out of him. I think he's not going to be a guy who can give you major minutes. Hey, is this guy going to try to join us here? Who is it? It's not Jimmy. I thought it's, what is this guy. Uh, Sherrod, we can hear you. Oh, Sherrod. Jet you lag city. Yeah, we got you. Can you hear us? I can hear you. What's it's up, little, Portland? It's a little noisy here in Rip City, but you I know. do not have Sherrod. You don't have him? Oh, there he is. There he is. Um, right anyway, what are your thoughts, Sherrod? Welcome to the broadcast. What Rod a beatdown. This was bad, man. This, this was really bad. Um, I know they didn't have Dame Lillard, and obviously that impacts your chances of winning, but damn. Uh, this was this was really bad. I mean, I mean Grant Williams getting it done. Tatum, Schroeder, Peyton Pritchard. I mean, you go down the line. Everyone had a a big game. Peyton hit shots from damn near half court, hit, hitting logo Lillard shots in this game. Even though the game was out of hand, it doesn't matter. This was I was such dreaming a, of that. This I mean, was like the stimulus package that Ime needed for this team. They needed a night like this where everything seemed to fall in place. Even when they, you know, they, 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 the league got down to like one or two points, you never really got a feeling as though they were going to lose this game uh, because Portland just never really, they made a few shots, but up for the most part, this is a, Portland's a bad team right now. They really are. Uh, I, I talked to Chauncey Billups after the game, and, you know, this was the first time he, he said he's addressed the team after a loss. Usually uh, he just kind of lets them do their thing, but he had to speak on this one. And the message was pride. They didn't play with any kind of pride. It's one thing to get your ass kicked, but at least get your ass kicked trying to play with some type of effort. Uh, you, played, and, and you played your Pistons card and got Johnson. Like you, 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 you the... We've seen a lot of games like that where they just didn't seem to play with a tremendous Oh, uh, now I know why Sherrod went to Portland. You, got, you, you played your Pistons card with Chauncey? That's my guy. That's my guy. What and is, his team is not very good, unfortunately. Tough job for him to enter into. I was just saying, Sherrod, like it feels like that whole thing's coming to an end, like sooner than anyone can imagine. Yeah, they're gonna have to do something. I mean, it it, it really does feel like they're at that point where they gotta blow everything up and just start. And, and if you're the Celtics, I mean, you know, I would look long and hard about some of those pieces on that Portland roster that I might. That's the exciting thing, on. right? A lot of yeah. these guys would help you. Because I still think Covington. I mean, Covington didn't play well, but he's a guy that I, I think you could could help you do some some good things. Uh, I stay away from Dennis Smith Jr. Though I will absolutely stay away from him. Um, I don't think he can help you. But there, there's at least three or four guys in this roster, not named C.J. McCollum, who I think can do some things. Uh, and maybe I want maybe made available once we get closer to the trade deadline. Yeah, Covington potentially a TP guy. I want to look at the salary. How are you gonna mention? Briefly. How are you gonna mention trades and not mention Nance? He's been a future Celtic for like four years. He's another guy, and they yeah, don't if, play him much. You know, like I said, there are three or four guys, and and I, I didn't yeah. want to mention his name because we always mention his name. He's literally his his name is. Fu- well, these are the kind of potential guys you future need. Celtic, Larry Nance, right? I mean, I don't know which. I mean, have we talked more about him or Ben Simmons when it comes to the Celtics? I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty close. Get ready for Ben's yeah. name to reemerge if Portland's selling and. Yeah, Nance, Covington, both TP guys, 10, 12 well, million bucks there. Uh, that would be a huge opportunity if Portland goes in that direction. 
Let's mention it because uh, Sherrod talked about it in passing. We were talking about Neesmith. Good to see some shots fall. I know the Pritchard stuff is all garbage time, but man, did he need this? Or did he need something like this, right? Like, he did. Uh, he, yeah. Badly, well, he, right? This was so big for him. I yeah, mean, even not, getting that first one to go. You know, and again, it was garbage minutes, but he, he literally needed to see the ball go through the rim badly. Uh, him and Neesmith. Uh, and and I, I felt better about Neesmith only because he didn't really – Neesmith, it seems like his biggest issue is he just doesn't take enough shots. That's the thing. It's not just he doesn't take it. Like, I, we, 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 we had this issue with Brad last year. If, if you put him out there, you got to try to unlock him, which means you know he's going to be passive. You, you either got to tell the guys – I want him to get a shot or two early or run a set or two for him. You can't just let him be out there and then let Jalen shoot 15 times and never look at him. And even in those games where Jalen's cooking, and there's been a lot of them, but you're not going to get anything out of these guys unless you get them into the flow. Neesmith has to get some shots up when he's out there. And he did. I think he he played in that stretch where they, you know, the plus minus of his unit, they were out there was fine, but I think he had one shot. It was a miss. Wasn't even a three, one missed one field goal in his first stint. And that was it. And then in the second time out, he did get a couple of shots up, which is great. And you see how much the bench is into it and how much support they have. You got to empower the guy a little bit when he's out there, you got to get him some looks. Um, and that's incumbent on the coach and the stars to, to look for him and see if you can get him going. Yeah, otherwise he's used. Per- otherwise he's useless out there. Like right, you know. right. But th- but this was a perfect storm to do that, John. Because yeah, because I mean, there's no like, pressure. Well, no pressure. The fact that you're playing the the second worst defense in the NBA, and yeah. when you look at the way Tatum was able to get to the cup with, for layups with no one near him, which to me is is mind blowing. When you can be the best scorer on a team and you're able to get to the cup with no one coming close to touching you, so they needed this. I mean, this was a perfect team for them to kind of get that, get all that feel-good mojo out of them and, and, and just really go and have a couple of days to kind of, you know, focus on the, on the L.A. teams and feel good about yourself, feel that you can maybe turn to Pritchard maybe uh, for a few minutes here and there, and, and he won't be as, like, ice cold as we've seen him up to this point the last couple of weeks. But that's the thing is, like, those guys, what you know, what's the impact Pritchard made last year? Instant offense. He was able to, to, to score for you, and that was a bit of a revelation. He's been so ice cold, and the nose definitely set him back. He, he really shot poorly with that face mask on. Uh, and just the minutes have been so down because Schroeder just ate them all up, and we said that that was very possible at the beginning of the year. I know you and I, Sherrod, thought, like, I don't know where these Pritchard minutes are coming from. So he's out there with such a little chance to make an impact, uh, it is important to see some shots go down because they had not been at all. Yeah, and I think the point you made, John, about supporting those guys, giving them structure to actually succeed in those minutes is important. I just couldn't stand going as deep into the bench, running like an end-of-game garbage time unit in the second quarter like they did. You know, put these guys out there with Tatum. Put them out there with some regular starters. That's that's Give them a chance to succeed. That was my big thing last year, which was on the games where you were missing a star, I'm like, start Neesmith tonight. Get him run with the big boys in minutes that matter instead of the ones you're playing them in. You're playing them with bench units um, and uh, or end-of-game situations that don't really matter. You know, I've even floated the idea of doing it for real now, you know, when you're fully I don't, healthy. I don't know if you can do it now. 
just because I think you're a good team that is trying to win. And it's yeah. such a packed league this year. And I don't think you can break up rotations that are working with guys who aren't playing well. I mean, right. again, you, you see in this game, you know, Pritchard piled it on in the end and Neesmith did a few things, but they're not, they're not playing good. They get opportunities again and again, and they're not playing good. They're not playing better than the veterans. They're not even close. So this idea that you can just force these guys to play good just by shoving minutes their way isn't going to work. Uh, so they got to find other ways. This was a great game to do it. I got very concerned in that second quarter because that was the window to do it. You know, pair them with a staggered bench lineup and give them a real opportunity to succeed there. And instead they did the Herman, Herman Gomez thing. Herman! <laughs> and that lineup just completely fell apart within minutes. The leads down the two, three, as Sherrod said. And look all at, of a look sudden, at how concerned Sherrod is about the Herman Gomez. Minutes. You can't, you can't keep them out there any oh, longer because the lead's in you. trouble. There you go. Yeah. When when Herman got into the game, <laughs> I love I mean, Herman. The, the first minute was just terrifying. I mean, first he turns the ball over, and then he slips, getting back on defense, and then he's launching shots like it's garbage time. It wasn't garbage time when he got on the floor the, the first first stint. I it know. It was actually a decent game. It was actually a decent game. I, I, I he makes made me sure. so damn nervous when he's out there. That lineup made sure that this was going to be a decent game well, for him. Well, him specifically makes yeah. me nervous because he likes to shoot. He likes to shoot. Yeah, we saw him the first minutes he had in a long time, right? He had those five shots in four minutes, and we're like, Herman, you know, like, pump the brakes, buddy. <laughs> You got four other guys on your team. This this isn't like who scores the most points gets the next 10-day contract. It's not that kind of party. It was like Ime just wanted to love some content our way, and I wish he was good. Like, you know, I love the Spanish players, so the Spanish themselves. national team. Six million bucks, trade filler there. If we love our Vitor Favorinis. We love those guys, you know? <laughs> but I don't know. It, it, he hasn't even shown a minute of promise here so is, pa- is parker alive technically I, yeah. I know when when um when the game was over and i was in the, in one of the media rooms he was one of the first people that went past me so i yeah. know he's here <laughs> he's alive and breathing by no the way shower, no shower for jabari after the game hey i that that's that's out of my uh my zip code but if he decided not to i think he'd be okay yeah right. he'd be okay <laughs> Yeah. Warmed up. You have a shower free Saturday. He's yeah. good. Speaking yeah. speaking of Parker, I don't know if you guys have seen, but Garrison Matthews is killing it in Houston. The guy that the Celtics let go with Parker. So that's something to keep an eye on around the league, at least. Is he starting for them? He's hitting close to 50% of his threes since then. Uh, I noticed him when they played here uh, earlier in the week, or last week, I guess it was now. So. Maybe a guy you could have used, but again, back end of the rotation stuff. And again, it's almost like Ime's showing you with these minutes. Herman Gomez, uh, you know, Neesmith Pritchard. He's like, you guys want to see them? Here they are. Okay, there goes the lead. <laughs> and, and everyone is just like, no, no, no. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's what are you? What are you gonna do? I mean, there's it's just there's no alternative. You got to play these guys. You're down three. You know. You know, three rotation or starter, you know, caliber guys tonight. Like I said, it was just you're on a back. You're on a back to back. What are you going to do? Like, you know, it's and you're starting. You're starting. You're only real viable big. Otherwise, you're into you're into freedom uh, minutes, which is fine. 
because uh, he played well. And then you're starting your two point guards, which means you're into Pritchard land. So like when those guys come out, who's coming in, you know, and Rob had the foul trouble too. I mean, he didn't have a lot of options there. I mean, you can't, you, you can't play these guys 40 minutes on a back to back. Yeah. But you right. can't play them together. Like he did at the same time. That's what killed them there. I don't know. Did a better job later in the game. It's tough. Those it's guys tough. In. It's tough when you have Jalen and Jason, you leave one of them on there with your bench unit and, you know, you survive those. I mean, there really was nobody left. You know, they just didn't have it, you know. Well, you know what? There's a balance here. Like we said with Brown, they got to find him more, but he's also going to make himself available. They got to set up Neesmith more. I agree with you there, John, but he's also got to find a way to fit in within the flow of things. And in this game, three assists, uh, keeping the ball popping like he did. He had a great great one early, right? Yeah, and attacking the lane and then freeing himself on the pass. Who back was that bullet pass? Top of the key underneath the basket. Was that to Rob or to I forget what he that was? He had a transition throw to Rob that was the third assist. And then yeah, I think no, the other the one. The first one was too. outstanding and I can't remember what it was, but it was a really high level pass for him in a half court. This was his this was some of his best passing I've seen and you know, I'm curious. I am how these guys develop when they're not getting these minutes. They're not in Maine as we've talked about. I mean Sherrod when you have young guys on the roster and you're not practicing, you're not in Maine, you're not playing, I mean, what can you do to improve? John does have a point there. And developing these guys, I know it's not their top priority, but it's... It was Cantor, yep. Neesmith to Cantor, yep. It's it's part of what they're doing here. Yeah, I mean, guys aren't going to develop unless they play. It's that simple. (laughs) There's there's no amount of, like, two-on-two, three-on-three, off-day workouts and watching video and all that, that stuff. It can help but you're not going to see tangible growth from guys until they get out there and play and make mistakes. Uh, but t- to me, the, the issue isn't whether they make mistakes, is what do they learn from those mistakes? Are they repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again? That's a problem. But if they're making mistakes and they're getting better, like I look at Grant Williams as a great example of that. You think about what Grant Williams was a year ago, and it's dramatically different than where he, wasn't he is. wasn't that right guy now. driving on the baseline through contact. I mean, think about I mean, I, I mean, how ridiculous what we have looked if we looked at grant williams doing a pump fake three-point shot take two three dribbles in and shoot a little floater on a base he is so confident right now i even saw that red outfit he was wearing in utah to the game (laughs) with the with the nikes i mean he's he's showing out through his wardrobe too just how confident he is right now all right, guys, quick pause. We want to tell you about one of our sponsors, and that is INSA. We're welcoming welcoming back INSA. INSA. Of, yeah, exactly. It's one of Massachusetts' premier cannabis dispensaries, INSA, I-N-S-A. Uh, yeah. Their founders, Pat and Pete, they re-engineered the cannabis model uh, from what they sell to how they sell it. Uh, INSA dispensaries are inviting. They're modern. Uh, the staff are authorities on the science uh, they go in there. They can answer any question, difference between flowers, concentrates, uh, what you want to take for insomnia, anxiety, edibles, uh, hanging out with friends, whatever you want. They'll tell you exactly uh, what you need to fill your needs. Uh, world-class head chef there as well. And again, the founders, one thing we want to tell you about head them, they're chef. local. They're local. Uh, they're from they're from Western Mass. Salem. Yep. No. Oh, yeah. Located in Salem, but there's a location in Salem. They're from Springfield. Bobby jumped the gun because the Salem location (laughs) is near his house. But they're lifelong pals from Springfield. Um, There's a couple of uh, locations out there. One near the MGM Casino. You can also go to East Hampton or, as Bobby said, 
Salem. Salem. This is the thing. Not enough people took advantage of this. So we're going to tell you about the deal one more time. If you go there and you mention that the garden report told you to stop by, mm-hmm. you get a t-shirt for a penny. That's literally all you have to do. And then you get anything else you want there too. That's not on us, but the t-shirt is on us. One penny. You know what? And I have a couple t-shirts and they're very comfy too. So yes. go to in- t-shirts. Get that green one. Otherwise, go to insa.com or call 877-500-INSA for any uh, inquiries you have about anything else uh, going on. But if you want the T-shirt for a penny, just mention the Garden Report. Go get yourself some. Once yeah, again, have, have a good time. Yeah, have a good time. Visit the various locations throughout Massachusetts or go to insa.com or call 877-500-INSA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're getting lots of different guys. I don't know if you guys talked earlier about uh, what Marcus Smart was doing. Um, he was in full. Let's do I mean, Marcus. Well, here's the thing. They clearly read the scouting report, and the scouting report indicated that you go at CJ and you go at him often uh, because he can't – he's just not big enough. This is one of the issues that Portland has had for years is that their guards are too small, and bigger guards like Marcus Smart, they're either going to post you up and just use their strength to get buckets, or you're going to do what Dennis did, which is just blow by you and force you to either give them layups or they get fouled. I mean, CJ picked up like three of his four fouls and within like like 90 seconds because they made a concerted effort to go at him. And that's, again, kudos to Marcus Smart and, and Dennis Schroeder for recognizing that particular matchup and the Celtics for being smart enough to attack it. Um, I, I thought that was really one of the big keys of this game. They found matchups and situations that were in their favor. And rather than fiddle around and overthink the process and try to swing the damn ball two or three times too many, just beast a little, little fella. Mouse he's, in the house. Crush he's, him. He's been the biggest benefactor of Eme on both ends, I think. His willingness to post up, his willingness to let guys shoot mid-rangers, the switching on defense mm-hmm. works so well for Smart. And he just makes it all connect out there. And then I think bringing in Schroeder, too. Huge difference over last year. He looks healthier, certainly. Uh, the burst that he has right now is good. The strength in the post that you talked about there, Sherrod. He was moving CJ. And I don't know. I don't know if Ime's gotten through to him or he just realized his role in this offense or what. But it I doesn't think feel he like... got through to everybody else, actually, is what happened. Boom. Well, I'm just talking <laughs> about you, the threes. John. The threes, John. The threes, like the I crazy was, threes. Sherrod and I were among the few who were like on Marcus's side when he said what he said. And I know he was playing like crap then. But I'm just the, talking about the threes, though. The turnaround has been tangible. Yeah. No, those well, the, those the, crazy threes that make, made us lose our mind in the past, I don't even see them anymore. Well, less. Thing, what's what's yeah. happening now is that, like, at the start of this game, where they made 14 of the first 15 shots, you go back and look at the ball movement between Jalen and Marcus. I mean, they were playing that two-man game, and that forced this Portland defense to react the in ways that— faster. Yeah, everything was just popping, and that Schroeder was moving the ball too. All of them were. He was, he was, he was, and he was yeah. getting, and he was getting anywhere he wanted to when he wanted to get there. It was, it was bad. It was There's really bad. a buy-in, and there's a connectivity across this team right now. You have passers everywhere. Uh, you weren't with us, Sherrod, last game, but the lineup you put out there in crunch time is the Celtics: five ball handlers, five passers, space in the floor the way they did. It didn't work. This. Utah just unloaded an avalanche them in the last five minutes there. But you look at that lineup that they put out there to close the game with Richardson instead of Rob. 136 offensive rating in those five minutes. 
Mm-hmm. Like it, the stuff that they're able to do just because of the amount of playmakers that they have, they have a ton of versatility on defense because everyone defends here. But I feel like everybody on this team has the ability to pass. And we opened the show talking about, you know, maybe why this looks a little bit better without Brown now. Not saying that they're better without Brown or anything like that, but I think that's it right there. Brown, skill-wise, out of all the regulars on this team, probably the worst passer. The worst ball mover out of all of yeah, them. Even is. the centers. Yeah. So, like, he's got to catch up to be able to join this dynamic here. Yeah, That's... and once that happens, they become ridiculously scary if, at that point. But we got to get there. Well, that's the thing is, one is a matter of health. Uh, and, you know, Emei did say prior to the game, and this pisses me off a little bit. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, go down the negative path. It's just this this hasn't made sense from the get-go. Um, that he'll stay out until he's 100%. That's what we assumed happened last time, that he was out until he was 100%. He missed a significant amount of game. Nobody expected that he would have returned without being fully healthy. So this is the first admission that this time he's not coming back till he's 100, which means he didn't come back at 100. He came back at less than 100 and tried to work his way through it, which was really stupid um, yeah. and, and cost him a few more games. We'll see how many. But number two, the elephant in the room is – the one thing that hasn't worked right now is the Tatum Brown connection on the floor. Um, and that first unit, you know, working there where everyone's clicking at the same time, you've had a couple Jalen games and a couple of Tatum games and not really much else. Um, and so integrating Tatum, integrating, you know, Jalen back into this and then figuring out what your rotations are going to be off of it when everybody's healthy is something they haven't done yet because they, how many, what, you know, how many healthy minutes, Bobby, or what is it? What's the number? Six games healthy. Yeah. Even at this at this stage, that that's so that's a paltry number. When you're talking about your two pillars, if if you will, uh, it's 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 weird because you know Tatum. It seems that the message that Mark has put out there, Tatum is taking it to heart. I mean, yeah. he looks like he, yeah. he looks so much more comfortable trying to get other guys the ball than he has at any point. You don't see nearly as many of those possessions where he, he brings the ball up, he looks to his left, he looks to his right, he looks at the guy in front of him trying to guard him, and he just goes to the cup. Now he's actually looking to dribble drive and pass to Marcus or, or you know, try to set I've up. I've said team. this. Like, he has passing skill. He has willingness to pass. This whole selfish line, I know he addressed it last week. I, I just don't see it with him. Watching him game in and game out, he wants to get off the ball. He really does. And it doesn't always happen. The trust factor, I think, goes into it. His belief in his own scoring ability, I think, is very high. And I think he thinks it solves a lot of problems out there. But I, I do think there's a belief in his pass there. Like, he he trusts his own passing ability. And I think his own passing ability is high. I don't know right. about Brown. And that's the and that's the really the to me the last hurdle with Jalen because the one thing about Jalen we can say is that every year he's been in the league he's gotten significantly better in one specific aspect of his game, but the handle the shot yeah yeah but the ability to be a playmaker still is an issue the ability to get others involved because to me that's at the heart of of you making the guys around you better that's the one thing that Tatum does not do at an elite level he's getting better at that but he by no means is an elite player at making those around him better and he's trending in that direction i'd say the last week or two jalen not so much and obviously injuries have a lot to do with that but even when he has been healthy 
it just hasn't been there. And, and John, to your point earlier, hamstring injuries, injuries, and we talked about this when he first went out, it's one of, if not the most unpredictable injury as far as when you're fully ready to come back. Because even if you're feeling good, and, and again, I, I went through this a number of times with, with Jerry Stackhouse years ago, who had a n- multiple hamstring injuries. There's just no true, undeniable, you're ready to get back out there and you're not going to have any issues moment. It's, you're just right. going to, you, you, it, there's really more of a kind of roll of the dice type feeling when you're, when you're coming back from a hamstring injury. So I don't, I don't freak out when, when guys come back and they come back too soon because there really isn't a clear timetable. The only issue I had with the Celtics was that they gave the impression that he was going to be coming back in a very short period of time, like seven to 10 days, I think was the initial, um, you know, yeah. diagnosis. And Ime said, all- remember Ime said that this isn't a long-term injury. Yeah. And it was and three I, weeks. And I, and I, my, my first thinking was that oh, that doesn't sound right. Uh, because either this was a very, 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 very minor tweak, or they're completely missing a boat on what hamstring injuries are like. Uh, because, they, again, I don't, if someone says they, they've got a hamstring injury, I'm automatically thinking that's two weeks, I'm not going to have them. Two yeah. weeks if it's just very, very minimal. If it's more than that, then it's going to take longer. Well, what's up and with Brown? I mean, we can – Knock the Celtics medical staff and Ime and the whole thing there. But what's clear is that he, early in the injury, and even today, Ime said it again, he's pushing like crazy Every player to wants back. to play. It's, yeah. the, it's the team's job to, to save the player from themselves. You know, mm-hmm. every guy wants to get back out there, you know. Um, and that you're supposed to put them through a battery of tests you know, prior to a game or in practice through a workout, see how they're moving, see if they have discomfort and you're testing it. And if yeah. there's, if there's anything that tells the medical staff, they're not a hundred percent, they're supposed to say, I don't think he's a hundred percent. And the decision's made. It's not the right. player. How do you feel? You know, right. it, you ask a player how they feel when they have injuries that are just pain tolerance, you know, right. not injuries that can be, that can, uh, you know, that can be exacerbated, uh, if you go out there and play never with that, it's all, right. you know, can you play through the pain today? And and that's what you ask them uh, about with this. You're just supposed to nah, he's, he's not ready. I, so I don't get it. You don't bend. You don't listen to the player here. You, no. you actually, you, it's the opposite. You're, you're supposed he's, to not. He's yeah. going to miss some time here and rightfully so. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I, I'm okay with that because the time that he's missing is time that you get opportunities to look at a lot of these other guys who you need to evaluate. You need to know who can you reach at the end of the bench and actually bring to the game and give and you something. And unfortunately, Romeo's not here either at the same nope. time. That's nah, the guy you'd be looking at. That's my at. guy. I, I wasn't going to bring him up. At all tonight, Bobby. Thank Romeo you. would have played a ton tonight if he was healthy. Why you got what a bummer? Did I just say I was, Bobby? This is why you can't have nice things, Bobby. You don't listen. <laughs> you don't listen. We're not talking about Romeo. Come on, Bobby. <laughs> He's on the injury report, isn't he? I mean, yes. So is Al. So... Yeah, and we haven't talked about Al. So touche. No. <laughs> Here's the th- I mean, the, the thing is this. I mean, it's all about opportunity. I mean, yeah. guys are – they have to be better at making most of those opportunities. And Romeo, this is par for the course with him. I mean, he's had multiple opportunities where you could see him having a chance to play a more prominent role than he has had. And injuries, illnesses, you name it, he's had it, uh, have kept him from making taking advantage of those moments. Uh, but this was a game – again, I, I thought the guys who – 
kind of took basically took Romeo's minutes, guys like Pritchard, guys like Neesmith. I thought they did a good job for the most part. The only guy I had an issue with was Hernan Gomez because uh, I just, again, I just thought he just gave them very little when he was out there. He made a, he made a couple shots, but for the most part, I wasn't feeling his, his impact in a positive way at all in this game. But again, he's a guy at the end of your bench. I just would have liked to see him. What could Jabari Parker have done in that situation? Um, because if I need a guy to go come out there and just take shots, I want Jabari. I mean, he, he, he did only take one shot and he made it. So we, we're just. We, That's we, what he does. Yeah. He literally, Fair enough. He, literally took, he literally did. It was a long three, too. <laughs> That's what he does. He had three offensive rebounds. Uh, Herman, Herman gets a lot of flack. Herman got a lot of flack. I know but, it wasn't all about him. It was just when you put him in, in there, it was a lineup full it's of the, guys. It's, at the it becomes of the, bench. the Herman Gomez lineup, and, <laughs> and it's like that. Then it becomes about him. But yeah, and it, you know we're we're jumping off the shots that Pritchard made late that were pretty meaningless. He didn't play great. Uh, he didn't. No. He didn't have a good no, game. No, he didn't. He, I just needed. It was just. No, a, you hope it can carry. He forward. just needed some confidence because you he had to remember. Like I'm the guy who scored 91 points at the YMCA. You know, like I'm a guy who hits Damon Lillard depth threes when I'm when I'm when I'm cooking. So what, re- what changed with him? I that can boggles my mind. You know, maybe he came into the league and guys didn't really know what he was about on the other side and. You know the film caught up with him, or whatever we always say about rookies. I just, he was he was such an impactful player early last year, Bobby, and now here's... like he's just a guy who comes in and shoots at the end of games. Well, here's the, I mean the thing about NBA players is is that whatever skill set you come into the league with, you got to amplify that or extend that quickly because they're going to take away your first option. You you have to have counters to all of what you do. Um, I, I was I was reading a story about Bernard King in New York who said that he had nine spots to his left, nine spots to his right, and like five, you know, top of the key where he could he knew if he got to those spots, he could knock those shots down. So that if he took away one or two shots, he had a counter to that. Peyton hasn't figured out what his counter is in terms of helping the team win. If he's not making shots, he's not giving you anything. And if he doesn't that's have the pick and roll still. Right. And if that's the one thing that you do well. And you don't have anything else to fall back on. You're not. You're. You're going to be limited. You're going to get limited opportunities. And and frankly, you're not going to be around very long. Um, I'm hoping that he figures out ways to be a better playmaker. Uh, his defense. I'm not going to worry about that because it is what it is. I don't think it's going to get significantly better. I don't think it's going to get significantly worse. It is what it is. But he needs to figure out ways to be a more impactful playmaker when he's not making shots. That to me has to be the counter to his game at this point. Yeah, he got a golden opportunity, too, around a Rob screen. And Rob had, was helping guys out here today in this one when yeah. he actually was able to get out there. Rob had uh, a much he, better he did game than the game, box score will indicate tonight, I thought. Yeah, I would agree. The, he, I would agree. He does a lot of little things that really help he them when they're out so there. He did so many little things. There was one stretch where they couldn't score, and all that was was, like, a few Rob Williams, like, uh, tips or offensive rebounds or things that were just keeping the ball active. Again, the line doesn't show it. He was a pretty active guy tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he had three, he had three blocks, but he just, I mean, there were a lot of shots that weren't taken. That block that, on right. Smith was nice. I know John liked that one. I love that because yeah. I love the footwork. He had to shuffle his feet to reset to get yep. the proper position, and he had him. Tra- he was like a D back. He had him tracked step for step on that. And when yep. he went to shoot it, Rob was like, "Nope, I'm here." You know, you didn't. I think you thought just you were getting a- to see all the fouls. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, 
the first time all year he really went on a foul for I mentioned the Embiid game. Minute. That's what it reminded me of. It was just like that where there's no big behind you and it's really important that you stay on the floor and he got two quick ones and then two quick ones again in the third. It was like, come on, man. You know, like uh, they didn't need him, but that was a little frustrating. You would have liked to see a little bit more there. Um, outside of that, you know, we, we did the Schroeder thing. We did the Tatum thing. I like the stretch that's going on here and a couple of things out of the bench, guys. Anything else put a bow on it before we take a quick uh, look ahead to L.A.? Well, this I mean, this was, I thought, just another one of the Celtics' really good road games. They've been a good road team all season long uh, for the most part. And when you start looking at breaking down the numbers, I mean, they've literally been the best defensive team on the road. And if you're able to play elite defense away from home, you take the crowd out of it, you, you frankly take your opponent out of it to some extent, and you give yourself a chance to win. Uh, they just need to get a – they need to get healthy and just be able to have a, a rotation that they can count on. And I think now you, you've got a couple guys at the back end that I wouldn't say Ime's trust has significantly increased, but at least now you, you know Pritchard, he still can make a shot or two every now and then. Uh, Hernan Gomez is Hernan, Hernan Gomez. Grant Williams is giving you way more production than I think anyone thought he would. And, you know, it, this was a, it was a good win because, again, they, they, they smoked them out the gate, let them back in the game, and then they just said, okay, back to doing what we do well. Let's beat the snot out of these guys and get the hell out of town. And they did that. Yep, and I thought it was interesting that Al Horford missed the game with that pain because he was carrying them in Utah. He was sore after that one. carrying it most of the season, really. <laughs> Lifting them through this game. Uh, do, does the NBA have a comeback player of the year award? I, I was trying to think of that. I don't think they do. Uh, I think they got they, they did away with that. If they did, he hard to pick a guy other than him. I don't think there's a big injury guy. I think they still have it. Year. I think I think Randall won it last year. Or is it most improved? I yeah. Most improved. That's that. That's not really what I mean. I mean, like a guy who was hurt the year before, bounces back. Like the NFL has a big one, right? And um, I think baseball has one. But Horford would be the guy. I mean, he's the bounce back from just being dead in Philly, not doing much yeah. last year in Oklahoma City, to being one of the best all-around players in the league. And, you know, we talk about this offensive awakening here. I guess this is my last question off these last two games for you two is, is it real? Or did he just... You know, hit, catch lightning in a bottle in Utah and face an awful defense here in Portland. It's it's not real. Even an awful defense, you're not going to shoot 57%. So, yes, you're not going to look at 145 and say it's real. But this, in a normal world, shooting normal percentages is still a 120-something point game, which is trending in the right direction for what you want to see. But really, it's about how they're getting their buckets, less yeah. whether they're actually falling. And it all comes down to, you know, as we said, ball movement, making quick decisions, playing with a little bit more pace. When you see them doing that, you feel a lot better about the direction that they're going to go. And again, when you see Jason Tatum playing the style that he's playing now versus what he was during his kind of rut, even when, like I said, last night was a poor shooting night from three, overall his offensive game plan was solid. Um, you know, And then tonight was a really clean game too. Um, so you got to like what you're seeing in, in, in that regard. Um, so it's, it, it's, again, it's about how and you know i i like it you know i i like what i've seen from them the last couple last few last few you know even dating back a couple of weeks now yeah you believe in sharad they going back to 32 percent from three again i don't think they're a good three-point shooting team and they i don't think they're going to be great but that's the whole point is it, it ta- offense takes work you have to work 
at your offense. If and you that's what they're late, doing right now. You got to work at it. That's the thing. You always think about work for defense. You got to work for buckets too. You can't settle. You can't stand around. You can't just take the first shot that's available early in the clock. You can't give it to somebody and just get out of their way. That's lazy offense. They're working for their buckets now more, and that's more encouraging. But you, Man. it takes sustained effort when you're not a lights out shooting team. And even when you are like Utah, you got to work, you got to work and work the ball around and work the ball around and get those shots until, until it just becomes what you do. You can't, what I hate with them is, and we saw it last year too. You'd have a, a stretch. I remember there was one stretch where they had like a, a 28, a 30 and a 32 assist game, all, you know, kind of bunched together. And then they just went right back to what they, what they did before you, you hate to see them regressing into bad habits, uh, so it's again, it's it's sustained effort and work at the things that you don't, you know, that the, 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 you know, that you're not great you're right. at. Because it's hard. It's effort failed. It's hard. You, you have to do work. A lot of things. Yeah. yeah. And, it's and that's what you see. Yeah, right. That's why you see some of those back to backs, you know, when teams when you know they're cooked, when the first few shots don't fall and they're like, ah, it's not going to be our night because they're like, I, I'm not ready to work for it. tonight." Well, that was so, a good uh, thing about this one is they were in Utah pretty late last night. Yeah. Got in here. And just came out storming. Fourteen. Well, they would have been. They would have been the there eight. sooner if Tatum didn't make everybody wait three hours for the Zoom for the Zoom post game. The the bus <laughs> that, couldn't leave. That was Bobby, my Bobby couldn't. Bobby couldn't write his story. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was rough. Yeah, yeah but we we've uh, there's a certain young man by the name of Kevin Garnett who set the was bar. On the same program. <laughs> it's, Except it's you guys were in there. It's yeah, funny we how the there. better waiting and waiting gets, and waiting. The longer the wait comes for them to come and talk to us after the game, regardless of how they play. I was I usually not a... I was producing the show after Celtics post game, and we're still waiting on KG or just overseeing it. I'm like, oh my god, how long are we waiting for this? You know, I'm not a patient guy when it comes to lines, like waiting for food for an interview yeah. like that sort of thing like in the post game scrum is not for you bobby you know i about just that be, scrum life yeah. i would be standing there like i'm never gonna get this time back yeah <laughs> no you're not you're not you're not you know at least you're on not. the zoom you can go do post game but yeah that's... go make a go make, go make a turkey burger turkey burger yeah yeah um very quickly looking ahead obviously <laughs> last time the celtics faced the lakers they beat the snot out of them what are we expecting uh here and again just reminding people we have a full cast of characters out there sherrod's heading to la we've got Josue pavone we've got nick what? out there the return of nick um you know yeah i know sherrod they'll be <laughs> i think the lakers stink <laughs> Man, like, and, and it's not even LeBron. Russell Westbrook's playing better. Davis, statistically, I know Kirk Goldberg put this out there, per shot, fewest points per shot in the NBA right now, Anthony Davis. Worst shooter in the league right now. Well, because, now. again, for some reason, the worst thing that happened to Anthony Davis was he shot well for a few games in the bubble um, mm -hmm. and during that title run, and all of a sudden he felt that he was a three-point shooter, and he came back, and that's what he thinks he does now. He's a terrible 
He's he's a very low percentage volume shooter from distance. I, and, and it makes and, him easier to guard. And he's relying on it again. You talk about offense taking work. Those bigs, when they get older, they don't like to get down low and work for it and bang as much. They they want to try to develop that game so they can get some easier buckets and you know not constantly be friggin' knocking into people uh, and fighting for it and going to the lane and getting fouled. So they want that jumper. And Davis has gotten his offensive game has gotten lazy. And yeah, I, you he, know, forget he's not alone. In, in that, because when you look at really these next two games, you're talking about two teams that rank in the bottom 10 in offensive rating. So you're talking about two teams that don't really do well offensively. And they're facing a Celtics team that plays really good defense on the road. So the Celtics obviously will not be favored in either game, but they damn sure have a really have a better than average chance of winning because what they do well on the road, their opponents don't do well at home. So. I, I think they'll get at least one of the two. They might get both. I wouldn't be shocked if they won both, but I, they will be one of the L.A. teams. There you yeah, go. Of course. One of our favorites on this worst five shooters list to start this year, Davis, Sadiq Bay. We haven't mentioned Sadiq Bay once all jo- year. After jo- we- Joe Sway's <laughs> guy, yeah. Cade, sadly, and De'Aaron Fox. Rough start for Fox this year. But, you know, I'm not even concerned about the stars with the Lakers because – They'll figure it out. I think LeBron, Davis, Westbrook, those guys are going to hit some sort of stride together by the end of the year. The roster around them is just bare bones in terms of talent. Kendrick Nunn, that signing didn't work at all. I haven't even seen him play once. I haven't even seen him in the uniform this year. Um, You think of guys like Avery Bradley starting for them. DeAndre Jordan starting for them different games. Uh, And then guys off the bench. Malik Monk's fine. I think he's been good for them this year. Um, you know, some of the other guys that they put in these games, Tucker can't shoot. Um, and these, they don't accentuate LeBron. They don't accentuate Westbrook. These guys aren't players who help these other guys get better. And right. tricky thing for them is that they have no outs on this roster. They're not going to be able to, they're make not that players. Big. LeBron can make better either. Westbrook's yeah. not a player. LeBron can necessarily make better because it's, again, it's a, give me the ball and get out of my way sort of player. You know, I mean, Westbrook has always been that way and he's never going to change no matter how much he is about that. It's not who he is. Never will has been, never will be. Right. So So. I think the Celtics win this one handily. I mean, they have all the personnel to match. Again, I don't want to, I don't want to fall into the recency bias of having them watching them play. Well, I don't, the Celtics don't win anything easily. Nothing. Just showing up. They're not that good. No, I don't mean they're going to win by 20. They they scored 145 points, but at one point, they were only up by like one or two points after having made 14 of the first 15 shots. But let's not forget, the Lakers, they're not connected defensively. They don't have great personnel on the defensive end. I mean, that last game in Boston, they were able to pull Davis out of the post there and get downhill and draw free throws and all that different kind of stuff there. Westbrook is a disaster on that end of the floor. And LeBron... You know, he's playing free safety there, and Grant's going to be open. We saw that last week. So if they pass, if they move the ball and bend that defense a little bit, and we know Tatum's going to show up, it's like there hasn't been a single Lakers game in his career that he hasn't looked good in. I feel really well, good about this about one, especially Schroeder. in L.A. Oh. Not, because believe me, trust me when Schroeder I say this. revenge game, yeah. He, there's a different – mindset that he's got for that game and he will say all the right things that it's just another game but bullshit it's different it's different because of how it ended and he is to me he's like that ex who is with someone who's significantly more attractive than you right now 
and he's going to show her off. He's going to show off and show out. Uh, expect a huge game from him. Would not be surprised if he sets a new career high scoring against the Lakers. That could Wouldn't actually be a bad thing, though. I don't want it to go all the way toward Schroeder's big scoring night. And he hasn't had one of those nights yet where he just takes over and everybody else gets left out of the equation. Uh, he had I'm a 38-point game that one time. Uh, I, did, I missed miss that night. game, yeah. But, it, you know, he hasn't been disconnected from everybody is what I mean. No, he can still do that and be connected because, again, yeah. they're so bad defensively that he's going to get great looks. He's going mm-hmm. to get great looks because if Avery Bradley is on the floor and you've got Tatum and Schroeder on the floor, guess who Avery is going to be trying to check? It won't be Dennis. So Dennis will see a lot of Malik Monk. That's a good thing. A little, some, some, uh, you know, uh, Westbrook. That's a good thing. I think he'll have a good game. I really do. I I can't see the Celtics losing this one. I really can't. I can. I can absolutely see it. Happen. I don't think it will, but I can see it happening. I mean, it's not even about what the Celtics are doing. The, the Lakers just lost to the Clippers, and the Clippers have been pretty bad this month. They were, uh, yeah, they like, were, they were, the Clippers were desperate for a win, a- absolutely, yeah. I mean, we're looking back. They lost to the Clippers. They lost to the Kings within the last week or two here, the Knicks. They are just dropping some bad, bad games. And, you know, I, yeah, but- 130, 108, the Celtics beat them pretty handily in Boston last time. Yeah, but that was LeBron's first game back after a long layoff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He played Fair well. Point. He he did not have the kind of impact that we've seen LeBron. Davis have. was setting the tone for them in that game, and that's right. never a good thing. Yeah, so that yeah, they, they'll be well. Better. Yeah, you had some problems there in that one. Uh, yeah, he was I, I, I think he was LeBron is going to come up. out. Yeah, yeah, I worry about LeBron coming out. If you're the Celtics, I worry about him really trying to set the tone right from the gate. Would not be shocked if he takes like the first five, six, seven, eight shots for them just to really kind of established the Lakers. They're not playing around. They're trying to get this win. Uh, so It'll again, we will have, we'll have full coverage. we got a couple days off. Um, Patriots Monday night. Make sure you uh, follow us for that. Um, Monday night game versus the Bills. That's a huge one. Evan Lazar will be live at, and I will be live after the game. He's out in Buffalo covering that one. Like I said, CLNS is on the road, baby. Okay. Lazar in Buffalo. Sherrod's Ooh. in Portland. The whole friggin' cast of characters. I think we gotta see. To, I think going we gotta out to see, LA. Yeah. I think we gotta see Nick on the street with some Lakers fans and Evan with some Bills fans. That'll be good content this oh, week. Oh God. Evan's table jumping. <laughs> yeah, he's doing it. He's doing it now. He's a serious. He's a serious guy. He's a serious guy. He doesn't do that stuff. Uh, so we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, really good crowd tonight. I'm very happy you guys hung out with us um, late, one thirty Eastern, and I know we've got you guys. Out, we got our guys out in Australia and the Philippines and all these different places. So for you guys, maybe uh, not as uh, rough as it is for me and Bobby back east. Sherrod still has time to go grab a bite and enjoy himself and you know, this do some a, stuff. This yeah. was quite the two-day marathon. It was. So yeah, that's I'll what we do. Tomorrow. Bobby and I don't sleep. <laughs> we don't sleep. So, so we'll be with you the rest of the trip. But again, thank you guys for hanging out. Once again, the Celtics uh, win big. Uh, what was the final again? 145? 145-117. Oh, I do want to push everybody the articles. BSJ, mid-range shot. CLNS, Josh Richardson. It was a tight day between the back-to-back. So if anybody missed those two articles, good stuff. Sherrod, anything you got out there? Oh, just the usual stuff. I've got some stuff down the road that I actually was right. working on. So I just um, ripped myself off. Just, but, you know. Lots of good content out there from the CLNS team. So 
CLNS.com. There goes John. John. Oh, I did it again. I hate when I do that. Sorry, guys. I actually like that view. Underused here. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind it in some cases. Sherrod uses it for his podcast sometimes. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Sorry about that. I went, to, I went to hit the end button, and I knocked myself out, and I left you guys alone. 